Hi, I'm Ashley. And I'm Chris, and this is Business by the Books. Welcome to Business by the Books, where we believe that leaders are readers. So if you are not reading, you are not leading. This is episode 16, and this week's book is Rainmaking, A Professional's Guide to Attracting New Clients. And it is by Ford Harding, and it was published in 1994. And this this copy, too, looks like it's from about <laughs> 1994. So it's pretty worn. When did you first read this book? So I actually got this on a ski trip. So oh, in 2000. The, the infamous ski yeah. trips. You want to explain the context yeah, of the ski so trips? Yeah, so I, I love to ski. And even though I'm from Texas and we never get snow here, I started yeah. skiing when I was your little brother's age, about 11. Mm-hmm. And so I've skied, you know, for years. And so... We had a group of us um, that used to go skiing every year, and that that year there were just me and a friend of mine, Matt Stahl, and so we always went to the same restaurant the first night, and there was actually a bookstore next to this restaurant, mm. and it was Ruby Tuesdays. We always oh. ate there the very first night. Yep. We got the same thing. So anyway, being engineers, we were creatures of habit. Yep. So I bought this book, and um, I can't go into a bookstore, kind of like your mother with fabric, but I can't go into a bookstore and not buy a book. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled this off the shelf and, and read it on the way home, and then obviously finished it once we got back to Houston. And it profoundly impacted just my thought on rainmaking, and probably got to give everyone context what is a rainmaker Mm -hmm. and so a rainmaker in a firm is someone that brings in business Mm -hmm. and so the idea of rainmaking is that just by magic they're able to kind of create business out of nowhere so that they intentionally make rain now we obviously know nobody can make rain but in the context of business it's someone that brings in work do you know the modern day context of rainmaking no what would it be (laughs) (laughs) it's not great but it's typically it's someone who has a lot of money Uh and they bring cash and they make it rain oh yeah exactly yeah Yeah. like when johnny manzel used to do this yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so anyways yeah Yeah, that would be the person that does that (laughs) yeah sweet cool yeah so it all started on a ski trip yeah well and clients are the equivalent of money for a business sure so i mean that makes sense to me that's called rain making so sweet awesome well you want to tell us a little bit about this book and how mr harding breaks it down yeah so he does a really good job and then there's another book that we're going to do. It's called Creating, Creating Rainmakers. Rainmakers. Also by Fort Harding. Exactly. Correct, and yeah. so the idea, this is the one that teaches you how to do it. And then the other book is that you teach other people how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, he, he gives a pretty good framework for what are things that he's observed as a consultant in, in what makes a good rainmaker. And so one of the things that really stuck out at me, and I really I really took it to heart. So I'll just, I told Esther I was going to read a little bit. Yeah. And so... Um, this is a chapter one. It's writing and publishing your article. So if you'll indulge me for a minute. So here's a case, case study. John liked to write. It helped internalize and organize things he learned, and he liked to see his name in print. Early in his consulting career, he wrote an article that was published in a major business periodical and found that by doing so, he had become the firm's expert in one of its small practices. He wrote more and soon developed a personal plan to produce articles for trade journals, 
and addressed each of the major industries his firm did business with into each of the functional areas within corporations that his firm's consulting services supported. The exposure and increased stature the articles gave him made it easy for senior managers to market him for major projects. Mm. When they needed an expert on the insurance industry or on labor issues, John's articles gave them the credentials. Frequently in front of clients, he soon began to get opportunities to sell as well. He leveraged his article writing time by modifying the same piece for more than one publication and by using his articles as the basis for speeches. He rose to become the leader of a regional office and a national practice for his firm. Mm. So that had a huge impact on me. And so when I read this in 2003, I had published, you know, a handful of articles. But if you were to go back and like if you went to chrisalexander.com and you saw all the articles, you could literally graph from the time I read this book the number of publications. And so I think I probably published 125 articles over the past 20 years and probably... 90% 90% of those are over the past 20 years, which mm. is about when, when I read this book. And mm. so for me, I, I like to write the articles because I enjoy writing, but I really enjoy the opportunity to go meet people and do presentations mm. and those kind of things. And so, so if I could do a case study on myself, I have an area where I publish a lot of papers as the basis of my PhD, which was kind of the ultimate article in yeah. a sense. And it's easily over $20 million mm. that's been generated. But it's made it much easier because of the desire to be a rainmaker and the ability to write these articles. So that was a very practical, and that's one of the things that we've talked about in this series is that when you read these books, as quick as you can, find a way to bring that and build that into your business processes. Yeah. So it's really it's really taking yourself and putting yourself out there within the context of right, the company. Right, right. And, and so part of it, too, and we've talked about this several times, I mean, being an engineer, engineers tend to be deep thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to maybe not be as outgoing as someone who maybe be a business major, mm-hmm. right? And so a great way to kind of overcome that is to write articles. And you don't even have to get up in front of people like I enjoy doing, but you can write articles and consistently do that. And over time, you begin to get kind of a following of people that enjoy reading your articles and kind of seeing your deep thoughts. Um, and it's just a great way to build business. One of the things that I like about this book is this book can be for anyone who works, right? Mm -hmm. Because even if you work within a large oil company or something like that, you're going to have to at some point go out within your organization and get work. You're going to have to get approval for projects and those kind of things. And if you understand the principles of rainmaking that are critically important for a service company like us, I mean, we can't. We can't survive mm-hmm. if we don't make rain. But even within a large, contextually within a large organization, if you learn how to go out and build relationships within your within your community, it just makes it easier for you to get funding for projects. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a it's a it's a widely applicable book. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, what was your favorite part? I know you read from chapter one, but in the context yeah. and in its whole, what is your favorite part? So I think my favorite part is, and it's from chapter seventeen. It said, "Self marketing experts make themselves." And what I wrote was this chapter profoundly impacted me and my drive to be successful as a consultant. To generate business, one has to be intentional, strategic, and tactical. And this chapter deals with that. So anyway, if you'll indulge, I want to read a little <laughs> bit more. So this is a really good one. And so what, mm-hmm. what, uh, what Ford does is he presents two people, Larry and Alice. And said so Larry and Alice were both in trouble for different reasons. With one year on the job, Larry was 50% billable. So what that means mm. is if he, if he was supposed to be charging 2,000 hours a year, he was at 1,000 hours. Mm. And so that firm's going to look at a young you know, young professional and say, look, you are way under the bar of where we want you to be, mm-hmm. okay? 
and when the target for entry-level professionals was 75%, so he's probably expected to be maybe 1,500 chargeable. Project managers didn't find him productive. Alice, a senior project manager, billed over 80% of her time putting in long hours every day and on weekends. Given her experience and compensation, she should have been bringing in new clients, but she never found the time. Mm. She was always too busy producing work, some of it that Larry should have done. Okay, mm. so I won't read through the whole thing. So it gets toward the end, and what happened was Larry kept going out because what the reason he wasn't chargeable was he was out meeting people and taking them to lunch and building relationships. So the last paragraph in this little case study, it said, when the firm had to lay off employees because of a downturn in business, Larry kept his job and eventually developed into a fine marketer. Alice lost hers for the simple reason that at her compensation level, the firm could not afford her unless she brought enough business to support herself. There were other capable managers who could run projects. Wow. So what happens within a firm as you as you climb, you know, I'm just going to throw some numbers out as an example. So let's say you come in and you're an analyst in an organization and the company pays you seventy five or eighty thousand dollars. Okay, it's kind of a starting, you know, starting analyst. As you move up in the company, by the time you get toward kind of a partner level, you know, maybe your compensation is twice. So maybe you make a hundred and thirty thousand or maybe even a hundred and fifty thousand. The problem is for someone who's a grinder, if you remember we talked about mm -hmm. finders, miners, and grinders at the analyst level, you know, you can go out and get, I can literally go out and get one good project and it'll cover an analyst for a whole year, okay? Mm -hmm. But when you get to someone and you're paying them $125,000, $130,000, they have to go out and get work. Mm -hmm. And so the example here is that Alice should have been going out. Sure, she was chargeable, okay, and she was making, she was covering herself. But at that level, once you start moving up, you need to get work for yourself and you need to eventually keep a group of people busy. And yeah. you remember we talked a little bit about the pyramid uh, in our in our last podcast and so the pyramid is that the the rainmakers at the top and they have anywhere from you know maybe three to maybe as many as 10 or 15 people underneath them they have to go out and constantly get that work mm -hmm. so once again this book is very practical in providing guidance on you know what are some things that you do yeah I was gonna say that sounds almost it, it really is almost counterintuitive for somebody in my level um, because every time I've ever worked a job and gone into that I have a list of things that I'm supposed to do right. and I'm given I'm told what I'm supposed to do and this kind of takes the idea and it's no you you dictate what you do you dictate um, how successful you are right, um, right. and it, it's just it's just so counterintuitive to me that Alice was the one out of the two that ended up it's counterintuitive it is it? it's very yeah, counterintuitive yeah. because my entire work experience has been here's what here are my duties here's what I'm supposed to do right. Uh, my job has not ever really been go out and bring more work for yourself, for you right, to do. You know, right, you're right. not, I've never had to create the work for myself, really. Well, you so know, some of, the, some of these podcasts, you've asked me questions. Okay, so how does this apply to a college kid? Yeah, or kind exactly. of our early, early career. And so one of the things that we've talked about, and I think it's probably completely germane to, to repeat it, is kind of the three stages that you go through. So mm -hmm. the first thing is you're a sole contributor. So just like you're talking mm -hmm. about, you're you're asked to do something. It's like, okay, Ashley, we need you to, and you're doing that for ADV, right? Mm -hmm. We need you to make this marketing piece. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do I need to do? So we kind of give you the direction, say, okay, this is what we need you to do. This is the time that we've allotted. You know, maybe you've got two weeks. This is what we want it to look like. And so it's very much, you're given an assignment, then you go do it, and 
and then you come back and then we tweak it. So it's really as an individual, you're the one doing it. And typically in most people's career, that's probably the first three years. If you're really good and you're an organization that's growing, sometime between years three and five, if you do a good job, the upper management is going to say, okay, Ashley, we think you're doing a good job. We're going to put a couple of younger people underneath mm -hmm. you. And so what happens in that point, then you begin to accomplish through other people. So your compensation, as crazy as it sounds, is based on your ability to get the people underneath you doing their job. Mm -hmm. Now, you thought it was hard to do stuff yourself. What you find out is that's actually easy. Mm -hmm. And you think it's hard because you have all this work to do, but all of a sudden, then you're responsible for managing people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson, who's one of my business mentors, he said, you'll never have any problem in business till you hire your first employee. Yep. And so that's, that's the real test for a lot of people because sometimes people are really good at managing themselves, but they're not good at other people. And mm -hmm. so that's the next transition. So, so, you know, most people wind up getting in that because at some point, you know, when you've been working five to 10 years, if you can only do manage yourself, you're never going to move up in the firm. Yeah. Okay. But there's some people that do that and they just like to be by themselves and do their thing. And in, in larger firms, there's a place for that. And then the pinnacle of that is you accomplish through vision. Mm -hmm. And I would say that a rainmaker is someone who goes out and gets work and they're seeing things for the firm. They're kind of the scouts, the eyes and ears. So there's this progression. And so at some point, you know, even in your career, at some point in the not so distant future, you're gonna have relationships with clients and you're gonna go find new clients and you're going to get business, you'll become a rainmaker. Yeah. But you don't start off doing that. Yeah, well, I'm ready to make it rain though. Let's go. Sweet, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so other thoughts on this book and how, how it applies. I know you've kind of talked about, um, and I know I think there will be a lot of application um, when we get to, you know, r training rainmakers and that right, kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. because I know that's kind of where you are right now. Right. But within the context of this, um, I think I saw that you got it in 2003. So how how have you, over the course of the past 17 years, um, just really been able to apply that book and see, see it come to fruition, well, aside from... Aside from all of your articles and yeah. stuff from that first chapter. Well, I think part of it is in, in kind of reading what, what I wrote here on page 241. It says, in many ways, selling is more important and fundamental to being a professional than doing or managing the work that follows. Professionals who sell must see the client's big picture. To win, they must understand how the work they are being asked to do fits into a client's larger world. And so my comment on that is professionals who bring work into a firm make possible the way of life for the firm and receive the title of rainmaking. In one sense, it's kind of a title. So I would say this book, and you, know, you talked about publishing articles, but I just think about selling all the time. And mm -hmm. books like this have infused into my business DNA about always thinking about it, you yeah. know, and I'm laying in bed at night thinking about it. I get up in the morning and I just really enjoy it. And, and once again, you know, one of the things, if you're listening or watching this is, it is possible over a period of time to change who you are, yeah. right? Because I didn't, you know, as a kid, you know, I didn't like going door to door selling, you know, like what you did in, yeah. in, 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 as a college student. I don't know that I could have done that. And then even when I first started, you know, it was really intimidating to think about it. But today I love it because rainmaking at its core, you're helping people out. Mm -hmm. So you help people outside your organization solve problems. But then the other thing is if you have a bunch of rainmakers, you can hire people. If you got work, you can give them big bonuses. 
you know, you can do all these neat things. You can, you know, help people send their kids to college. There's all these great things. And we talked about Zig Ziglar in our, you know, one of our previous podcasts. And, and you know, without someone selling something, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's part of my DNA. Um, I want to build a culture at ADV and companies that we're helping with, especially technology companies, have a culture that, that you're always thinking about business and always thinking about how to be a rainmaker and go out and get that word. Well, because, and I like the like the, the quote that you read from the book. In many ways, um, selling is more important and fundamental to being a professional than doing or managing the work that follows. Because the work and the service and the product should be a given, yeah, right? right? So it's, and it, like, I mean, a quick example is we went out to dinner tonight mm-hmm. at a restaurant in Magnolia, Tressie's, which was awesome. Loved it, it was delicious. But it's this whole context of like okay the given is that they sell good food like right. they it's really good food but they need the they need the customers to come in right. and eat it right right so that's right. what they need versus and like the hostess yeah I mean, she was really she cute was she was engaging she checked on us and it was like you felt like you were kind of like with family yeah. you know it, was, it wasn't just we didn't just go to eat food you felt yeah. like you were very welcome they appreciated our business yeah exactly but and and the whole atmosphere and who she was and how she presented herself that was what sold it the given was the fact that it was good food that should be a given um, within the context of the restaurant industry but um but yeah so i i like that perspective of it should be so much more about getting the clients and and letting them know making them aware of their need and meeting them with that need that are, is a given. It should right. it should be a given. Right. It's just presenting it to somebody and convincing them that they need it. So um, cool. Any last thoughts on this book? Yeah, so kind of my final thought, and I'll just kind of read what I wrote. Becoming yeah. a rainmaker takes work and a willingness to fail after trying. Mm. And this book greatly increases the likelihood for being a successful and growing business through strategic efforts. Mm-hmm. And so I think this book is a is an excellent read, especially if you're at a point in your career where you're expected to go out and generate business. Um, it, there's a lot of practical advice. And it's not like you just have to go out and, and try things and make things up without some kind of structure. You can read a book like this and you can go out and try it. And then if you're successful, you just keep doing it. And then if it doesn't work, then you pivot mm-hmm. and you do something else. And it's the kind of book that, you know, you can see I've marked it up and I've got tabs and all those kind of things. And and from time to time I get it out just kind of as a refresher. And to me, you know, of the fifty books that we're gonna go through, there's maybe maybe 10 or 15 percent that are marked up like this that I reference Mm -hmm. that's a great book Mm -hmm. when it's read over and over and over again yeah absolutely yeah and this is I mean you say this about every book but this is one of your favorites (laughs) well I think because it's so practical because I've applied it to you know how we're we're building business yeah absolutely um yeah and it seems that this has definitely helped you and you've you know we categorize all of these books and this is a sales and marketing book for sure and it seems like it has helped you so it has sweet awesome well thank you guys so much for listening Um, If you end up buying this book and reading it or reading any of the other books, um, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts and your experiences um, or just anything in general about the podcast and business. We would love to hear from people, love to hear from our readers and listeners. And you can reach out to us by emailing us at businessbythebookspodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, businessbythebooks.com. You can find our Instagram, 
Business by the Books. Um, and we're also on YouTube, Business by the Books. So just <laughs> say it over and over again. You'll say it in your sleep and you'll know where to find us. Um, but yes, and then be sure to, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever you find LinkedIn. us. LinkedIn, yeah, yes. Yep. Like, comment, subscribe, do all the things. We're trying to get in the habit of telling people to, to really engage. To remind. Yes, yeah. to remind. To yep. remind people to get engaged because this is um, such a fun podcast. It's such a fun topic. And I think that um, this should be extended besides and out from us too because we exactly. don't know everything, <laughs> especially me because I don't read. So <laughs> anyways, you want to close this out, Daddy? I do. I'd awesome. love to. Leaders are readers, and if you're not reading, you're not leading. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.